1: All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. I will defy tyrants.
2: I will defy tyrants. I will defy tyrants. I will defy tyrants.
3: And good day, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers in the house saying anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. Where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. <laughs> A little tongue tied here this morning. Ah, mm. oh, my goodness. Uh, the other, sons of libertymedia.com. And for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com and also sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you see the face that's made for radio, head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com, and there you're going to find uh, two videos at the top of the screen. The one on the left is Bradley show from yesterday. And the one on the right is where we are now Bradley show. You can catch that up until three o'clock this afternoon at which time he will be live in that area. Uh, Also, um, if he's not by chance, uh, we'll have an educational video there, but he should be, you know, set there. No, we don't have any snow. Well, I didn't look outside, so I don't know. I didn't know we were expecting snow here in South Carolina. um, It's been cold and it's been rainy and I don't know, kind of yuck outside. Um, Yeah, it's, and we have a gravel driveway somewhat, (laughs) a gravel and mud driveway. So no, we haven't gotten any snow yet. Salt, sorry about that. Um, On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow it up, whatever device you've got, and then click on the rumble icon. You'll see it in the bottom right-hand corner uh join us in the chat on Rumble. We are streaming live to Rumble at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Also before it's news.com top of the page there, dlive.tv at The Sons of Liberty. And a lot of you guys flocked over there and you left it once uh we're back on Facebook. I don't know what's going on there. I think Mr. Wordsworth is a little bit lonely until we uh, started whatever the restream did, which is a, I think a probably a great thing. It brings all of you guys together so no matter what channel you're on except for Rumble because Rumble uses uh I'm not going to get real technical because I'm not good at that, but it uses a different kind of stream uh setup. So I can't, you can't sort of cross pollinate the uh, comments to each other, but you guys, uh, I looked in there and I thought, well, that's kind of neat that they take from D live and it goes over to Facebook and Facebook goes over to the, so some of you guys are meeting people uh, that you haven't met, but you've heard me speak about on the air. Um, so that's a great thing. Uh, right up under where we're streaming live. It's where you can sign up for an email newsletter. You get one of those a day. It goes up between 7 and 8 p.m. Eastern. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, yeah, sign up for that and uh, help us out, get the word out for Sons of Liberty, liberty Also, uh, if you want our ministry email, go to Sons of Liberty, liberty and uh, there you'll be able to um, sign up right on the front page for that email. It goes out once a week on saturdays okay and that tells you what's going on in the ministry you get bradley's article for the week and then whatever the special is that we're offering in the store you'll be able to pick that up as well finally if you agree with our message you would like to help us out and keep us out there there's a donate button at the top of the page sons of liberty media.com click on that and make a one-time donation or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty and guys we really do appreciate you um very much i know uh, end of year stuff you know it's it, here, let me just say this. I, I I hate, I hate, 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 despise, and I think God hates and despises the tax system. I, I can't tell you how infuriated I get when I get a property tax. And I want to be dealing with this issue again very, very soon. Because it's just been on my, it's been on my mind for a long time. The tax system is the clearest evidence of tyrannical government. Clearest evidence. No question about it. And I'm talking about direct taxation. I'm not talking about you pop a tariff on something. I'm not talking about you even maybe throw a sales tax on something. That you're, you're helping to get certain things that you want done. And even that I question because I, I think men can handle things themselves, frankly. We don't need the city mindset of robbing our neighbors so we can have something that we want, you know, put out. Well, I pay my fair share. Well, what's your fair share when when the government says they want 70% of your income? Mm-hmm. See, it, by, saying, by going along with that mindset of your fair share and people aren't paying their taxes and all this kind of stuff, all you do is give strength to the tyrants who are oppressing you. That's what you're doing. So I'm not going to get on a rant here, but I'll save that for the show that I'm going to do it. But anyway, it's 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 a real problem. It's a real problem. So today, what I want to do is I'm going to kick off this one. Now, understand, I've told you guys I don't think you're stupid. I don't think you're behind. Uh, any of that, any of the listeners that I have, uh, I, I don't think you are. Uh, many of you are, provide me with information that I didn't even know Go on. And again, we're all not God. We don't know all things. We can't be in all places at all times. But we do share information with each other. We sharpen one another. We correct one another. We confront one another. We love one another. All of that is part about being a family. It's part about being the assembly or the ecclesia or the church. Is that we build one another up in the faith. And we all have different gifts. We all have different things of interest. And all of those things are important. So I want you guys to understand something from this boy here in South Carolina. Many of you out there have been such a blessing to me in helping me to do the show um, and even challenging me in my life here in South Carolina that I want to say thank you. I recognize the gifts of the body. I discern the Lord's body in his people. And many of you are just that. You have been that to me and uh, I want to say thank you. With that said, there is a little, um, this is something we, uh, when I say we can't cover everything, I don't try to cover everything. I I try to put some things in and bonus videos in the archive. I try to share with you a few things that aren't related to necessarily the point of what the show is going to be about today, and this, that, and the other. This is one of those. It
2: It breaks my heart, and it makes me so angry. There's this little baby.
3: His mom and dad, they said he needed a blood transfusion. I'm rethinking all this blood transfusions, giving a blood, organ, I'm, I'm just rethinking all of that, guys. If we're not supposed to put any things in our body, like vaccines, how much more other people's part? And look, I get it. Some people have survived, and I think maybe there's an underlying thing of, you know, we're to preserve life, not to take it. Um, so that's that's a good thing. This is a a short report, and many of you probably have seen it. Many of you have probably read about the story, but I just wanted to put it out here on on the show. This is a report from uh, Greg Reese. On this little baby who was given vaccinated, or he was given blood that was tainted with somebody who didn't have the wherewithal and the knowledge to understand that they could infect somebody else. And now that person who gave that blood, their blood was responsible for the death of this little baby. Take a look. what happened there. Sorry about that.
1: In case you missed it, at DC Homecoming on Twitter sums up the latest horror story of our time. A newborn baby boy named Alex was born in Washington State with a 95% survivable congenital heart defect. He was also anemic and he needed a blood transfusion. In 2021, little Alex's parents had a close friend die of a heart attack shortly after she received her COVID-19 vaccine. By all accounts, their friend was healthy and her death caused alarm bells to go off about the safety of the mRNA vaccine. Because of this experience, they wanted to make sure that young baby Alex had unvaccinated blood for his transfusion. So they found a match through a member at their church and they paid to have the proper protocol take place for Alex to receive that donor's blood. However, when it came time for the hospital to initiate the transfusion, the doctors and nurses claimed they were unable to locate the unvaccinated donor's blood the parents had procured. So without the parents' consent, they took blood from the hospital's general stockpile. The doctors and nurses assured the parents that baby Alex would be fine, and told them babies rarely, if ever, get blood clots. Shortly after the transfusion, baby Alex developed a large blood clot. The blood clot ran from his knee all the way up to his heart. The hospital changed their tune, saying babies get blood clots all the time, and this was normal. Baby Alex was put On the highest dose of blood thinners possible for his age and size but the blood clot didn't dissipate at all just 12 days later Alex sadly passed away as a result of a blood clot and now the Sacred Heart Children's Hospital that killed him claims there's no record of baby Alex being at the hospital despite ample evidence including photographs, medical bills, and his death certificate. What is going on here? Just days ago, Cole Reeves and Samantha Savage had their infant child, Will, taken by the New Zealand government to explicitly be given vaccinated blood. Will is still healthy, and his father suggests the possibility that hospital workers may have disobeyed the government and used Clean, unvaccinated blood for Will's surgery. One can only hope that eventually people will start standing up against this mass murder. And the sooner, the better. Because young, innocent children like Alex are being murdered in hospitals all over the world. And these monsters are still pushing to inject every single child with this deadly poison. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese.
3: All right, I'm trying to push the pause button there. Um, that's Greg Reese. I, I like I like Greg Reese's presentations. He's very concise, very short, gets to the points, gets to the meat of the matter, and uh, does some really good work. And uh, so I'm uh, happy to share that with you. You know, you see those pictures, and you guys on the radio didn't see that, where the, the all the officers are in there
2: to deal with the parents. Now, take that little baby.
3: Every one of those men who took that baby, those agents of the state, you're just as much responsible for that baby's death as those doctors and nurses, you TikTok dancing fools out there. You're just as responsible for that baby's death as the doctors and nurses and as the person who knowingly knowingly went in there and gave that blood to do it. And again, I'm going to say something here. Get mad at me if you want or think it's unchristian or whatever you want to think about me. There's a re- that now this is going on in another place. But here, here in the United States, I hear all the talk of the 2nd Amendment.
2: I hear it. If you stand
3: by as a father and let them take your child to do something like this that you know, you know endangers your child and you don't put somebody down for it. Sorry, I I don't think it's very Christian to stand by and let them take your child. Sorry, don't think it. Don't think it. That, that, That right is yours. It is not constitutionally given. Government doesn't give you a permit for your gun or your knife, or whatever arm, your crossbow. You let those guys take one of yours that God has given to you, Psalm 127, 128, they're a, they're a heritage to you, and you don't stop them, or at least attempt to stop them. You are not a man. And we're going to talk about that today. You have lost your manhood, and I want to help men regain it. And I'm going to tell you, this is much a message to me as it is to you men out there. Ladies, you can listen in too because I know a lot of you ladies have stood up uh, where men have been
2: absent. But this is a message to men today. We,
3: you and me, need to be what men of old were. And I confess, I wasn't taught how to be what men of old are. I I wasn't. I had no idea. And that's not for a lack of my parents not inputting certain things into me. I just, I didn't know. So what I want to do is I want to draw from my friend Matt Trujella. I'm going to be playing a lot of words from Matt today. He's been on the show several times, but I, I like Matt because Matt practices what he preaches. God's blessed him with numerous children, double that, and grandchildren, I think. And I think he has a real gift in whittling down things very simply so people can see and understand what's going on and what to do. I like that. You know, you can preach all day long, but if you have no practical application to that, your preaching's worthless. The old Puritan preachers—that's what they used to do. They used to preach and expound the the scriptures, and then they would come around and they would go, "Here's the application for that. Here's what we do." And they would list those things out. And they did a lot of introspection. Maybe some point, maybe sometimes to the point where it was unhealthy in some of them. Uh, but it's always a good thing to look inside and say, "Where am I lining? Where am I not lining up with what God has said I should be and what I should be doing?" So with that said, there's a couple of videos that Matt has put out. Now I've played these before you, but it's probably been, let me just look and see. It's been a while because the last time we had him on, we did a show called In Dealing with the Tyranny in Our Face, Cowards Are Unwelcome. This was from December the ele- uh, Excuse me, November the 11th, so it's been over a year that we did this show. And uh, since we had Matt on, I think this was the last one that we did with Matt. But I want you to listen. I've got a couple of videos I'm going to play with Matt speaking, and I and I say this message as much to me as it is to all you men out there. Uh, so that's why I'm going to let I'm going to let Matt, uh, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, tell us these things and challenge us. I've got two from him, uh, and then I want to take it over to a story that I put out yesterday. Where Matt had led his people uh, against a, now they have a drag queen bingo show. If you can believe that, more than a hundred people were there. It wasn't like these little, you know, drag time story hours at the libraries where you see like I don't know, fifteen people there or something like that. This there were over a hundred people. There were children there, and uh, so here's the first one from Matt, and then I'll play the second one, which is a follow
0: up to it. Christian resistance involves and demands three things repentance, fighting, and building. And you may just want to jump to the fighting and building part, but you have to understand the importance of repentance. We are going nowhere without repentance. Repentance is paramount. Repentance has to do with God governing our lives. We need to turn from our rebellion and embrace his rule. The level to which we repent will determine the level to which the kingdom of God is formed in our lives. God is bringing his judgment upon our nation right now. He has unleashed the tyrants, and rightly so, we are deserving of his judgment. But one of the things he wants to produce from the judgment he's brought is for men to repent. So what are the things that we need to repent of? One thing we need to repent of is any besetting sin. If there is any sin in our lives, we need to turn from it. Holiness matters. We also need to repent of our love for wealth and ease. Americans, and including American Christians, have been drunk on wealth and ease for decades now. I've watched our nation slowly dying because of its drunkenness on wealth and ease but as his judgment increases, repentance will be more seen in men. At least that's what we're praying and hoping for. The third thing we need to repent of is our inaction. The inaction of Christians has been huge in my lifetime. Their indifference to civil government matters has been astounding to me. It would have been easier to have gone to the government meetings and the public hearings and spoken But because we didn't, look where we're at now. We should have used the means in our system of government that were pillared by men who fought, bled, and died for us to possess. But instead, we squandered it in phony spirituality. And who do we have to blame for this? The churchmen. The pulpits. All my life I have heard them talk about involvement in civil government is a quote-unquote distraction that the effort to see good law established in the land is quote-unquote mere moralizing. The truth is God's law and word speaks to all matters of life, and we should apply his law and word to every area of life. We are now seeing the consequence of Christian men having abandoned the civil realm. Wicked men filled the void, and they've now made their worldview law, policy, and public opinion. We need to repent of all these things. We need to get our faces low to the ground and cry out to God. We also need to call our civil magistrates to repentance, our governing authorities. They need to fear God. They have not feared God. You look at our laws, our policies, our court opinions, there's no fear of God there. Rather, they have spit in Christ's face. They have impugned the law and word of God. And it's incumbent upon us as Christian men and women to call upon them to do right in his sight, to govern in the fear of the Lord, as it says in Psalm chapter 2. Understand we need to unseat wicked magistrates, but we also need to unseat cowardly magistrates, those who pay lip service to us, who say they want to do right, but never actually do it. You need to mark them. You need to do the work, the heavy lifting, the trench warfare that's necessary to see them unseated. And we're going to talk about that more in our next video, in the next section about fighting. This model of repentance, fighting, and building is found in the book of Nehemiah. And the first thing that Nehemiah did was repented. We need to repent
2: repent with us. Amen. Yep. Yeah. We
3: need to repent. See, it's not it's not a thing of the guy pointing the finger at you and saying you we need to repent. When you go and you read Daniel chapter 9 specifically, and he's reading Jeremiah, and he knows that the time is very short to where God is going to send his people back into the land. He's going to release them from their captivity because of their disobedience. When you read Jeremiah, the same thing. And Daniel is there. He's a godly man. And yet, what do we see him? Three times a day, he is confessing his sin...
2: And the sins of his people.
3: You see, one of the things that we have a problem with is confessing. We we don't have a problem pointing out everybody else's sin. That's real easy. That's real easy. By nature, we just do that stuff. But when it comes to what's going on in Tim Brown's heart, what's going on in my actions, what am I saying, how how am I lacking in glorifying God? that one's a little more difficult for us to admit
2: and to turn away from. And that's what's got to be done.
3: I see a lot of Christian E's out there supporting the idols that they've been supporting and the idolatry of the state that they want to uphold, instead of tearing it down the way God says and rebuilding it in the image that he has created for us in government, which is, he leads that. And he leads that by what he has told us. Matt's exactly right, by his word, his law. What has he he given us as to how we're to conduct ourselves as a people? God gave us that. Man didn't give us that, God did. Because if man gave it to us, God would have no place in it. Man would be so whimsical and willy-nilly about law and about justice like so many are today. They really would. In fact, I had a conversation with a guy, and I think I got, I may have shared this with you guys. Um, <clears throat> some of you will know Southern Gent, who pops in the chat every once in a while, uh, Ricky. And uh, Ricky and I had lots of conversations. We had lots of little online battles and uh, on MeWe, of all places. And uh, I just, again, I get pulled into that sometimes, but it, usually brings more heat than light than it does and um you know there's so many people in there that there was one guy he was a great guy great liberty-minded guy in a lot of his comments and i asked him one day i just simply said hey man um so when somebody commits a crime what is this prison system thing because i said that works off the backs of the people it's a for-profit system it doesn't bring justice it brings injustice, both to the families of the victims, the victims themselves, if they're still alive, and then also to the criminal. And all I asked him for was, where is the basis for the prison? Well, it's better for that than you know. And he wants to make all the kind of excuses. And I get where he's coming from in that he's saying, look, if you're going to take a life, it's a serious thing. I agree. That's why I think it ought to be as local as possible. This state stuff, this federal stuff of putting people to death. You know they're corrupt, so why would you trust them of putting anybody? They could have anybody up there that they've made a patsy or whatever they want to do. I say you do it as local as possible in their own city, their community, their district, whatever you want to say, where people know those people. And they're going to try to look at it from the best standpoint they can to say, we want to do our best to find this person innocent. We want to assume they're innocent. But if the evidence comes forth and proves they're guilty, then we'll find them guilty. See, that's how it used to be in America. Now, because of all of the the media stuff, and, you know, I wonder sometimes where we get that. But I got to tell you, when I say somebody's guilty, it's because I've either heard it out of their own mouth, or they've done it in front of me, or they've got a document that shows they're doing it. Some of these politicians, they've outed themselves, they've confessed to their crime. Now, this is the second part. Um, video that Matt was referencing. And this talks about men rising up and seeing the danger that's there. And again, this is from over a year ago. So check this out.
0: Christian resistance involves repenting, fighting, and building. And when it comes to fighting, it can be difficult because they are burning our country down so quickly. In so many ways, people don't know where to focus or where to act or to make a strategic move against the evil that they're doing. Many people are actually considering getting the shot. Many already have gotten the shot because they don't wanna lose their job. You have to understand, you must be willing to lose your precious little job. You have to stand resolute against getting that shot that through coercion, through carrots, through threats, they have been trying to convince everyone to obtain. Understand, If you capitulate and get that shot, you have set a precedent for the government to dictate to you what you will put in your body the rest of your life. And understand you're not only setting a precedent for yourself, you have set a precedent for all future generations. You have enslaved them so that the government thinks they can put whatever they want into anyone's body. You must trust the Lord, improvise, and not compromise. I learned long ago that when men give themselves to compromise, their life becomes a series of compromises. You must stand on principle and in faithfulness to Christ. Women, let your men fight. All my life I have seen men get involved in confronting an evil, and then their wife comes up and throws a wet blanket over them. I thank God I've been blessed with a wife who cheers me on. And prods me to action. There are enough weak, flaccid men in this nation. A good woman understands the duty of men to act in the face of evil.
3: Amen. Praise and encourages God for good her women. husband
0: in his duty. Take your children with you when you go out to fight, if you're able to take them in regards to what you're doing. Let them see you confront the tyrants. Let them see you suffer persecution. Let them see you stand faithful to Christ. You must fight against the evil, not acquiesce to it, not attribute it to your latest prophecy charts, and view it all as inevitable. Even though churchmen are suggesting and or are saying outright that you are bound by Romans 13 to get the shot, they are wrong. Romans 13 does not teach any such thing and understand the government officials have exceeded their biblical and constitutional limits when they demand you wear masks. Or get this shot. And when it comes to the churches, the churches need to take some lessons from Lexington. Pastor Jonas Clark and his men trained regularly. They saw the evil coming, and so they trained in order to defend their families. The Reformers wrote volumes about the use of arms. Does that sound familiar? Their proper use, their illegitimate use. These are something men need to talk about and read about in our day. Men must be men and the time is upon us where men must train in the use of arms in order to properly be prepared to defend their homes, their wives, their children. We are reaching a time where the use of arms in order to protect our homes, protect our families is becoming more and more prevalent. Men sense it, it's in the air. Listen, all around the country, people have flooded into county and local government to make a stand for freedom. Why there? Because they see that Washington, D.C. is at war with them. And they've come to realize their state magistrates aren't going to protect them. So they have gathered there in that lawful body of county and local governments in order to make a stand for freedom. This is the doctrine of the lesser magistrate being played out You must demand interposition of your lesser magistrates and prod them to do it and assure them you will stand resolute with them both publicly and privately if they do what is right and interpose against the evil. But if they don't do their duty, they play the coward, then you must do yours and make sure they are unseated and put good men in those offices of civil authority. There is so much detail to cover when it comes to fighting. We can't do it all here in these short videos. We want to invite you to account-
3: okay, uh, a... Okay, he's putting out a thing for something that's already gone by, so I'm going to stop that there. But he's right. I, when, when he points back to the Reformers, when he points back to those before us, and there was um, a time where I, I did a show where I read uh, Jonas's sermon. I'll, I'll see if I can find that and re- try to remember to put that in the archive. You ought to hear it a year afterwards uh, of of the Battle of of Lexington Concord. You know, his men were there. The men that he preached to, that he shepherded, the men that he instructed and helped train, those men were there. And when I say, does that sound familiar, is that not what we've been
2: saying here? I'm not stupid.
3: I may be a little slow some days. I was born on a day. It wasn't yesterday. I know we're not getting out of this without a fight. And I'm not talking about just with our mouth or with some poster board or going to a meeting. We're not getting out of this without a fight. We have gone too far down the road to stop it. The only way it's going to stop without a fight on our behalf is if God does a a Sodom and Gomorrah deal on some places in our union. And then on the other places of the union, he starts regenerating hearts. That's the only way it's going to stop. Other than a real fight with real battles, with real bullets, with real lasers, bullets, what, uh, bodies, blood, everything. It's going to happen. The question is, is it sooner or later? And this is why I advance things like tactical civics. Learn your duties. Then start practicing them. Start training with other men. Because you're going to need them.
2: You're going to need them. That's what Matt has been saying, right?
3: I had a story out yesterday, and um, somebody sent this to me. I, I think it was Frederick, I think. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me. This was something that happened over the, uh, last week. Uh, Matt and uh, several of his people, I think it was about 50 people, uh, went to... Let me see if I get the name of this place right. Fond du Lac. <laughs> it must be a French guy or something that uh, founded Fond du Lac uh, in Wisconsin. And they were having a drag queen bingo gathering. Okay. Not a drag queen story hour at a library. They're having this at some kind of facility here. um, and I, what I want to do is I, I pulled from Matt's Facebook page, his comments about what they did. And you guys who are on Red State Talk Radio, you'll hear it. But there's some images here that we're showing people on the video platform. So if you want to see that, com, top of the page there. Um, but he talked about how they went out and confronted this evil. And it echoes the very things he's talking about here And what I want to do is just recount Matt. I I know even if I got a hold of Matt yesterday, he probably couldn't have popped on this early. We usually have to do a pre-record with him because I think he's in a different time zone or something. I don't know. Anyway, uh, with that said, I'm just going to read to you Matt's account of what went on here and then his exhortation again towards men to confront the evil of the day. Here's what he had to say. Today, nearly 50 of us went to the Drag Queen bingo gathering. Last week in Fond du Lac after church. This week in waukesha My goodness, who is naming the cities up there in Wisconsin? <laughs> waukesha after church. It was 13 degrees outside today. About 150 attended the Drag Queen show, and it included children being taken inside. When I first arrived, a man was yelling at me from the porch of the tavern. When he stopped, I asked him, "So when did you decide to give up your manhood?" <laughs> how, how many of you, how many of you guys know a pastor that'll get up there and confront people like that? I, I see people like Matt, I see Jeff Durbin, I see others. They'll get right out there and do it. When did you give up your manhood? By the look on his face, I could tell he hadn't pondered that much, and that he also mis- uh, he, un- he also understood my point. Most men in America have lost their manhood. And what is the duty of a man? We live in a nation which has done this to men systematically, excuse me, systematically, and by design, by the government, academia, and the media. And the rot it has produced is growing. We had some good conversations and some heated ones. Even three pro -pro abort death scorts, I like that word. From the baby-murdering death camp were there. One mocked me for my arsons before I knew uh, Christ. Remember, Matt was in a gang. Uh, God saved him out of that gang. I told her Jesus changed my life and offered him a card with my website, howjesuschangemylife.com, so she could read of what he did in my life, and she took it. We also preached outside the place declaring his law and pointing men to Christ. That's what the law does. It points you to Christ. It drives you to him. It's the schoolmaster. It's the tutor that drives you to Christ. Some people passing by went out of their way to stop and thank us for being out there. We were out there for two hours. One man acted like he would run us down with his truck. He then exited his truck and shoved one of the women in our group. Well, that's a man for you, right? Quite the shoving match ensued between a dozen of us and a dozen of them. They learned we are not pacifists. Good. Six squad cars arrived. The deputies tried to make us leave in an area that I explained to them was public right away. See, agents of the state, little tyrants is what they are.
2: That's what they are. Many of them don't
3: know the law. They're just hired to do a job. If you're speeding, if they think you're doing something bad, then they're going to pull you over. They want your ID and they want to arrest you or ticket you or whatever. We refuse to move. The tavern people had yelled in our faces earlier to get off the area, and we had informed them also that it was the right-of-way and refused to move. When the superior arrived, as I had requested their superior, he informed both the tavern people and his deputies that we had a right to stand there. Well, good for that guy.
2: Good for that guy. The man who shoved the young woman with our group was ticketed. It, I thought you arrested people for assault.
3: I thought you arrested them. You don't give them a ticket. You arrest them. If they're going to lay their hands on look, go back. You may think that's a little harsh. Go back to the Beatitudes where Jesus is speaking and he says, you've heard it said, thou shalt not murder. But I am saying to you, if you hate your brother without a cause, you've already done that. And if you're going to be A guy who's going to come
2: up, and you're going to shove a woman? What's in your heart, dude? What's in your heart?
3: And so Matt finished, after saying what had happened, he finished with a brief exhortation, as he calls it. When evil raises its ugly head, it must be confronted. The sodomites and lawless immoral people already have the large city magistrates in their pocket. Now. They have spent this last year, not only in Wisconsin, but in other states that we know of, trying to bring their filth to every hamlet, town, and village. I tell Christians everywhere in these small areas that you must confront this evil or you will not recognize your community in five years. Now stop and think about that just a second. Think about how your state and this country at large has changed just in the past five years. Then take it back 10 years. Then take it back to 9/11 2001. Then take it back to if you're this old, 1980. That's like a I don't know, a marker for me.
2: You would have never
3: ever never in fact, let me put it this way. I th- I think the f- the first time I heard about literal drag queens was after i graduated in 1987 you know how i heard about it i went to visit my my two aunts out in california spent uh, two weeks with one two weeks with the other pasadena and then poway which is near san diego and as i was out there the one the aunt that i had in pasadena we drove through the desert out to las vegas spent the weekend in las vegas and they had this thing, I, I forget what it was called, but it's this show where men dress up like women and perform, like sing. It, it wasn't, it wasn't this, this stuff like what you're seeing with these. It, it was like they just put on the makeup, they put on the dress and stuff like this, and they performed like they were a, a, one of the stars, which I thought was odd. I was like, okay, who wants to go see that? It was just weird to me that they would even do that. This is even more bizarre and depraved, what they're doing here with these drag queens. That was the first time I, I, you know, I was 18 years old before I'd even heard of such a thing. I was fascinated that people wanted to go see it. It's incredible.
2: Yet, here's what they're doing, and Matt and his crew
3: were confronting it. He goes on and he says this, As Christians, we are motivated to confront evil for three reasons. Number one, our love for the Lord. Number two, our love for those engaged in the evil. And number three, our love for our neighbors, which is society at large. Understand those who confront evil are always few in number. Just read scripture and history, as most only care about themselves. Understand also that the many who refuse to confront the evil will actually distort and redefine love in order to justify their indifference to the evil. That's exactly
2: right. Yep, that's exactly right. They use the word love as this syrupy smoothie thing
3: instead of confronting the evil. Even Christians join in this redefinition of love and condemn the Christians who confront the evil. Isn't that something? They do that. Many of them... Self-professed Christians have had a real hard time with the Sons of Liberty, exposing the evil of certain politicians, because they've made an idol out of them. They've made a God out of them. That's what they've done. Men are no different than they were back in Pharaoh's time. They really aren't. They come up with new and inventive ways of committing the same old sins. That's what they do. The way we know how to love God and love our neighbor is seen in the law and the word of God. And when he's talking about the law, he's talking about the moral law. Jesus said as much. It's the greatest command, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is likened to it, to love your neighbor as yourself. These are the fulfillment of what? The law. (laughs) this This is pretty clear. We demonstrate love for our neighbor by doing what is seen in his law and word. Love is defined by the law and word of God. If you divorce the ethic of love from Scripture, you can twist and redefine it to justify anything, even two men or two women marrying one another. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Boy, I've got a lot I could say about this when it comes to the issue of sodomy and these alleged... Theologians and preachers and pastors and all these people who try to justify that stuff they'll they'll point to pe- places like Ezekiel chapter sixteen where <clears throat> I'll give you I'll give you the rundown real quick verse forty eight he says and as I live saith the Lord Sodom thy sister hath not done she not her daughters as thou hast done thou and thy daughters behold this was the iniquity of the, thy sister Sodom pride. Mm. Pride, you people in your pride parades, yep, you're acting just like Sodom. You're mad that we call you Sodomites. I don't understand why you want to identify with them so much. This is the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Pride, fullness of bread, abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy, and they were haughty and committed abomination before me. What is that?
2: What is that? Hmm?
3: They were engaged in sodomy. Thus the name Sodom. Thus you call them Sodomites to identify what they do. They committed an abomination before me, the Lord said. Therefore, I took them away as I saw good. Now listen, if you're engaged in that sin, you can be delivered from it. But you're violating God's law, and to sit there and open your mouth to try to justify it is even greater sin against the one who has made you. You need to close your mouth and only open it to confess your sins to God and to plead for his mercy. That's what you need to do. And it's not just the sodomites. I I pulled that off of here because of the subject matter we're dealing with. It's the adulterers. It's the drunkards. It's the liars. It's the thieves. It's the covetous man who is an idolater, Paul says. There needs to be repentance there. It's you who take the Lord's name in vain. You call yourself a Christian, and then you live and speak like you're not. See, the law, we've, we're all under sin, and the law points its finger at every single one of us, and it condemns us. You don't need me to condemn you. The law condemns you. God condemns you. This is out of John chapter 3. I did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through me might be saved. That's what Jesus said. The the world's already condemned. And this is why. Because you will not obey God. And if you remember, this is the same message that God gave the people of Israel when he brought them into the land of Canaan. He said, I'm driving out the people before you because they're committing these things I told you not to commit. They are lawless people, and so I'm driving them out of the land, and I'm going to give that land to you. Don't do as they did. Listen to my voice. Carrying on with what Matt said here. I can assure you this tavern will think twice about hosting such filth again in the future. If there was no response, if no one confronted their evil, they would feel emboldened to continue in their evil and corrupt the lives of more adults and children, and the evil would be further embedded in the community. We confronted evil publicly, declared the truth of God's law and word, pointed men to Christ. May Christ be praised. Amen. May he he be praised through men like Matt and these others who went out there, and you can see some of the image, images on SonsLibertyMedia.com, we'll have it in the archive. Christ is praised when men stand up and give him glory. You know what that term glory, has, the understanding is? They give weight to what they're saying about God and what he has said about himself by acting,
2: by demonstrating it. That's the whole point. And for my brothers out there, I want to leave you with this exhortation, probably, I think the greatest exhortation in my mind in Scripture comes from Joshua chapter 1,
3: and as they're getting ready to go into the land, here's what we read in verse 4 from the wilderness and this lebanon even unto the great river the river euphrates all the land of the hittites and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast there shall not be there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life as i was with moses so i will be with thee i will not fall thee or fail thee nor forsake thee but strong, be strong and of good courage For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper wheresoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. King David did this. He loved God's law. He meditated on it day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. And Joshua then commanded the officers of the people. Men, be strong and have a good courage. Don't turn away to the political wranglings of the right or the left. Don't turn away to the other voices. As Brad- What a great show yesterday. As Bradley said, don't turn away to the other voices that are in your head. Listen to the voice of the Spirit of God, which comes through the Word of
2: God, and be strong and very courageous. Because your daddy has your back. The Father has our back.
3: There is no need for us to fear but to charge the gates of hell. Why? Because they don't prevail against God's people, the church. Keep that in mind. Guys, have a great day. By the way, women, support your man in that. Support your man in doing that. They should be doing it for you. Bradley will be with you at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, Sons of and We'll be back in the morning with Rotten of the Core Wednesday, Common Core diva Lynn Taylor. Talk to you then. See ya.